What is up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Daryl. This is Strictly Leakage. And on our episode today, we're going to talk about traumatic brain injuries. And uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but March is Traumatic Brain Injury Month. And this is kind of a subject that's kind of near and dear to me uh, because my guest that's on today, um, I almost lost him uh, due to a motorcycle accident. He's fighting, you know, he has traumatic brain injury. And um, my guest today is my younger brother, David. So, David, if you want to start, you can go ahead and start talking about, you know, how everything went down or whatever. And then we'll get into discussing, you know, how brain injuries affected you. Okay. All right. Well, traumatic brain injury happened in 2018, August 19th. Uh, I was in a motorcycle accident and I'm Maple Island. And no, I wasn't wearing a helmet. And. I was uh, the third person in Muskegon County to live with a shattered skull. Okay. <clears throat> and like, how, how is like, like your, your TBI affected you and affected your life? It affected me, my vision, sometimes my memory, but I had to go to therapy to learn to walk, talk, eat and use the bathroom like I was a newborn baby all over again. It affected me because I'm not able to work because my doctor didn't doesn't want me to work and do stuff to fatigue, get fatigue where I fall asleep and hurt myself or hurt somebody I'm working with. Right. So like I remember when it happened like it was yesterday. I was at work, mom was blowing up my phone and <clears throat> um, I thought when, yeah. when, when I was told that you were in a motorcycle accident, I thought it was like before where I would walk into the ER and you'd be flipping me off with a broken hand like you did before the last time. And yeah, cutting it honestly, it, it honestly was, was fucked up because I, uh, walked in and I seen you getting gurneyed in off the ambulance and I thought you were dead. And like, well, do you remember anything like from the accident? Do you remember hitting the ground or anything yes. like that? No, I don't remember hitting the ground, but I do remember the whole accident. You're and I can tell how it was. Yeah, go ahead. I was going down Maple Island <coughs> from Fremont. And the beginner rider I was riding with pulled in front of me. And he hit his brakes for no reason right by the river flats right by the store so i didn't want to rear him so i was tapping to slow down my back brakes i wasn't going fast enough so i didn't want to rear him more so i barely touched my front brakes and they locked up and threw me over the handlebars i remember getting thrown over the handlebars but i don't remember anything after that. right yeah because i yeah like i said i remember getting the call i rushed to the hospital seeing all that shit and then i remember the <clears throat> the part that fucked me up kind of and like, well, it didn't fuck me up kind of, it fucked me up pretty bad is when the doctors came out and actually I didn't even get to talk to the doctors. It was granny and mom that came out and they were like, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. And they were crying, like, you know, hysterically crying. And I just remember fucking breaking down and just not, uh, just not fucking knowing what the fuck was going to happen, you know, because like you and I have always been like super, super close growing up, even though when we had our fucking bullshit, you know, and we'd argue and all this other stuff. Cause I mean, we're only 21 months apart and it was just, it was just super fucked up. Like I remember I just lost it. I didn't know what to do. I didn't sleep that whole, the whole night after that. I don't think I slept for two days. I think after that. And yeah, it was just, it was just fucked up. Just, you know, watching you in a hospital bed on a ventilator and shit on fucking life support, not knowing what the fuck was going to happen. But I remember I just started praying like crazy and, you know, just asking, you know, cause the doctors were super negative about it. Then the doctors pretty much gave up on you from day one. They were like, fuck it. He's going to die. You know? And they're like, Oh, his, his, his brain is shattered or his uh, skull is shattered. Um, if we tried to, you know, release the pressure, his brain would fall out and just, it was just a bunch of shit. You know what I'm saying? So it was just super, <clears throat> super fucked up. And like mom was up there with you and granny was up there with you day and night. Mom didn't leave, you know, mom was there by your side. Um, and I remember, <clears throat> you know, watching you through the, when you went to the first like rehab facility, it was still in the same hospital where you were in the ICU. 
and like you didn't talk you didn't you didn't you know you didn't really do nothing really you were i mean they were trying to get you to do stuff but you weren't doing anything you were hooked with it. And that's when i i think they put the trach into you was in that um part two uh do you remember do you remember any of that stuff like when you're in you know no. the first rehab <clears throat> no when uh when do you <sighs> let me try to think here when do you think like you first started remembering things and started, you know, talking and so like, what do you remember? Like when, when do you remember you first started doing all that stuff? I think honestly, it was close to being my last day at Mary Freebed. <clears throat> and I started talking and I was talking to mom and I told her I seen dad. Yeah. And he, and he told me everything's going to be okay. Just go home. And that's what you remembered from when you were laying in, in the ICU? Yes. Okay. And that, and that and for a lot of listeners that don't understand this, we lost our dad back in uh, 2014 to cancer. So he hasn't, my dad wasn't here when this happened to my brother. My dad was had been passed away for a few years. So like, I don't know. That just kind of gives like chills <clears throat> just hearing that, you know, somebody seeing, you know, a dead relative and saying, you know, this is what, what was said, you know? And yeah, that's crazy. And I just, what, what, what do you think the hardest part for you was when you're going through like your rehab and stuff like that? It was emotional, really. Yeah. Mom, you and granny, when I wanted to give up, told me I had to keep going to get better. So I pushed myself every day to go to therapy to get better and succeed. Yeah. I mean, and it was, it was tough too, because I know like how hard it was for you because, you know, like, like you said, we were there for you and it was just, <clears throat> we knew you were t- like tired from doing the shit and just, you know, some days were better than others. Some days were worse than others. You know what I'm saying? But the the thing is, is like, like you just stayed <clears throat> when we, when you were like come down, we would stay on you to help motivate you and just to, you know, get that flame lit underneath your ass so you could just jump back on the bus and keep going, you know, and yeah. <clears throat> the, the, the hardest thing was like, I think for all of us was, you know, not knowing because, you know, we're not doctors and shit like that. And like when this first happened, the fucking doctor that we had before we fired him was telling us that you were going to be dead and our brain dead. And you were going to be a veg- in a vegetable state living in a fucking nursing home and you wouldn't be able to do this and you wouldn't be able to do that. And like you've everything that he said you've proven wrong. You know what I'm saying? You, you beat all the odds. So it's just like, just like like he told you guys that I had less than 24 hours to live. Yeah. And then when he told us that you had less than 24 hours, he also went from fucking went from 24 hours to, uh, the next two days are crucial. And then it's like, Oh, the next five days and then the next seven days. And he just kept like feeding his bullshit. And then I remember finally he was just coming in and he was just like, look at the door and just take a deep breath. Well, he's still here. That's what he would say. And then walk away. And I'm like, this motherfucker, man. <clears throat> so it's just, I don't know. I think, I think all of us as a family, I think it really took a toll on all of us. Yeah. Would you agree? Like that? We were just like, it yeah. tested all of us. Like, <clears throat> you know, I, with me, it tested, it tested us spiritually, mentally and physically. Yeah. And it, it really did. No, it really did. Because with, with me, I was going through, you know, I just, I had just gotten married a couple months before that you and I actually, and the, the, the fucked up thing about it is, is you and I actually weren't even really talking. You know, we, we had been in a little argument or whatever and hadn't talked for like a week or so. And then we started talking the night before, which was at your daughter's mom's wedding, you know? Yeah, so yeah. It, it, I remember that too. It just, you know, it was like, damn, we started talking that night. And then all of a sudden the next day, that happens and it was just i don't know did you feel like so so like seriously did you that day you went riding on the night on on the 19th of august did you like want to ride did you like feel like riding or no no nope no actually i told mom that i didn't want to ride and i've been talking about stopping riding because of all the accidents that have been going on but so it's, I was young and dumb yeah. and just didn't care. I was living my reckless life, which I shouldn't have. But after dad passed away, 
And after I got divorced, I just didn't care. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and then, you know, um, I, I think the hardest thing was, was, you know, was not just for us to see it, but it's also for, you know, your kids and stuff like that, you know, like you had the kids and they were at the hospital with us almost on a daily basis. And just, it was just super, it was, it was sad because we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know, but all we did was pray. We prayed, 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 and prayed. And I I definitely, definitely, um, uh, pushed us more to like the whole spiritual side and, you know, and pushed us to God more. I mean, we had already been religious, you know what I'm saying? We had already been, you know, Christians and going to church and, church and stuff like Monday. that. And yeah, we've been going to church since we were kids and that's because of granny. So like yeah. we went to church and I mean, growing up our whole, most of our lives going to church and just, we had to, I mean, we had to, you know, fall back on our faith and just pray and leave it in God's hands because I just remember telling the doctor like, Hey man, look, like you're not, this is between David and God. You're not in charge. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I told him. And I don't think he liked what I had to say because that's what it was because I knew at the end of the day, live or die, it was up to God and you, you know, you guys had, you know, and you know, here you are, it's been fucking what, four years <clears throat> or almost, almost years. it'll be four years in August, won't it? This, this upcoming August, August 19th, yeah, it'll be four years. So it's been four years. No, three, three. Oh yeah. You're right. You're three. right. My math is off, <laughs> but no, three. yeah, it's been been almost three years since your accident and here you are you fucking walking talking you can drive you know you you do everything for yourself and it's like you know people i remember when when people would first see you after you got out of the hospital like people thought they were seeing a fucking ghost like people were like is that really him type shit you know and it's like you know that's really him he's fucking here he's not dead he's alive and you know so let's let's talk more about like the rehab and stuff like that. What do you, do you remember when you came back home and do you remember that rehab more than when you're at Mary Freebed? Yeah. When I got home, yeah. Oh. I remember my physical occupational <clears throat> and speech therapy. Yeah. And I remember I went with you, uh, what, what was to your occupational therapy a couple of times, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that was to teach you to pretty much do everything, everything pretty much what it was. Cause yeah, I remember he, that was speech too. You went to actually <clears throat> occupational and speech. Yeah. And I, you didn't go to physical, but you went to both uh, occupational. And yeah, and I remember remember the dude at the occupational therapy saying like his his main goal was to get you back to to normal, and so you could drive again and just live a normal life. And that's I mean that's what you're doing right now, you yeah. know. And then I'm everything. What crushed me the most is everybody. Just be careful who you ride with, because if you're a beginner rider, you should know to stay in the back and let the guy that's been riding the longest in the front and lead. And that's how my accident got caused. Yeah. And, and then that, and that's, that's what, you know, that's another thing. And, and I'm like, honestly, would you, would you tell people to wear a helmet, you know, by telling your story and stuff like that? Would you be like, Hey, you know, yes. Like, how do you, how do you helmet? Oh, uh, how do I feel? Yeah, how do you feel about wearing a helmet now from, from back then? Cause I knew back then you didn't give a fuck. You were like, I'm not wearing a fucking helmet yeah. since I don't have to. Like, how do you feel now? Honestly, best bet, if you're not doing stupid, riding reckless, wear a helmet because a helmet will save you. But if you're going 50, 60, 70 plus miles an hour, just not even wear one because you're going to die no matter what. The helmet, if it's big enough, will snap your neck if you crash. No matter really, (laughs) it's the rate of speed, really. Yeah, and how do you do? You remember how fast you were going when you pull out of that little gas station or a little convenience store? Twenty twenty five miles an hour, and the doctor said if I would have been going faster, I would have been dead. Yeah, and like people, when you, when people think twenty twenty five, they don't think that's fast. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah. that is fast because I mean it can kill you. Especially on two <clears throat> wheels. Two wheels is different than four wheels. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But even people that are on two wheels, you know, think that that's not it's it's not fast 2025 but it's fast as fuck you know you can like 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 we said it can it can kill you or it can almost kill you and just like how did you feel so so this is the thing too this is another thing that rubbed me the wrong way when you were in the hospital and it kind of pissed me off is 
everyone, like when the doctor said that you started, the doctors told us that you need rest and we, you know, we needed to limit, limit visitors, but it was up to us to limit visitors. The thing that pissed me off the most was, um, everybody blamed mom for cutting off like visitations and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't like, it wasn't mom. Mom came to me and was like, what should I do? And I was like, fuck that. No one needs to come see him or they need to fucking call and ask us before they come and see him, not just show up. And then that's when I noticed when all the real, like your real friends or real people started like sticking around because all those other motherfuckers, I think they were just at the hospital to, to see if you were going to die or not. That's basically it. Yeah. They're probably there just like, Oh, I was there. I seen him. Or even if they were there, they just wanted to go out and brag and talk about me and say, Oh, he's going to be dead or he's going to be retarded. Like people do now. They say I'm slow and I'm retarded, which yeah, maybe for hanging out with them, yeah. Well, yeah, not just that. You was retarded before then. <laughs> True. True. So it's like, I mean... That... For all the dumb, all the dumbass decisions I made throughout life. Yes. Yeah, and, and that's life, and those are life lessons. You know, we live and we learn. And, yep. you know, just... I don't know. You've been, like, an inspiration to me because I've seen you come so far. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen you fucking pretty much you know come you were when i when we first started talking to you like i remember when you first started talking to us and shit like that was actually at the second rehab hospital you went to and you couldn't see you told us that you couldn't see anything um you told us you couldn't see and that like that was when i think they said your you know your brain has like mechanisms of waking itself back up and and at that hospital you were reliving like old memories from when we were kids and like when we were younger in our like younger days and i remember you know i would just talk to you and you would just start talking to me about um like shit that we had did like fucking five to ten years prior like going to bars and going to clubs and doing all this other shit and doing dumb shit you know like we were young kids that we liked to party and we liked to fight and that's what you know you were bringing up shit like that and it was just it was just super crazy and i remember the first word you said was at the first rehab and it was your dog's name it was capone you said capone that was the first thing you said that came out of your mouth. And then after that, you said, mom. <clears throat> and it was just, it, w- it was super hard because, you know, like everybody always tried to try to push back and say, you know, act like mom was doing everything wrong, you know, but she, she, it wasn't even just her. It was everybody. She would come to me for, for like, you know, what should I do? And I'm like, look, man, do what you got to do. Like, if you don't want people to visit them, don't fucking, then we won't have nobody visit them. And it's just, people always like, went after her for no fucking reason <clears throat> and it sucked it sucked you know what i'm saying because it, it was just bullshit because they should have never went after her and like you know then they tried to say that you know we'd had that gofundme for you and then like they were acting like like i was taking the money from the gofundme <laughs> i mean that's funny because i was making more money than what the gofundme made you know what i'm saying like i was working at verizon i was making all that fucking money i was making and i didn't know what to do with it and you know, they were like, oh, well, he, your, his brother took the money. No, motherfucker, I put it towards his bills. They, they only, we only made fucking like $1,400. We didn't make shit on the, off that GoFundMe. People act like they donated so fucking much. There wasn't money for, for fuck. It co- covered a couple bills. The house payment and a couple bills. That's all it covered. And, <clears throat> you know, it just, it was like mom always had a target on her back for the decisions she was making. And it's, it's not really fair to her, you know, for the, for, for that shit to happen because, like they were, everybody was out for her. They were like out to get her. <clears throat> They're out for after all of you, though. Yeah, but they knew me. They knew I'd stand my fucking ground, and I didn't care. And that's that's just what it is. They knew that I okay. We're not gonna talk shit to Daryl because Daryl will fuck us up, and that's what it was, plain and simple. But they went after her because she was, like, mom was emotionally fucking drained. You know, she didn't know what to do, and. Three and a half months at the hospital with me. Yeah, she spent three and a half months at the hospital. So she was emotionally drained and didn't know what to do. And like I obviously being the oldest, you know, of both of us, she came to me for, you know, questions that she needed or or if she needed advice, like, what should I do? You know, she, I remember her calling me all the time crying, Daryl, what should I do? I don't know what the fuck I should do. And I would tell her to fucking stop crying and fucking we got to do what's best for fucking David. And we all got to stay strong for David. So it, it just, at the end of the day, you know, the shit's tough. Like the, t- and it's tough. It was, it fucked with me for a long time, you know, like I like, cause you know, with my PTSD and shit, I like completely fucking 
disconnected from myself and from life for the longest time. And like, and not just that, it's like, I was out fucking making, you know, the flyers and I was out making fucking, uh, the car stickers. I was out taking donations. I was out, I was out doing everything, setting up the fucking, um, the run that we had for you or the memorial, not the memorial. Cause you're not dead, but it was for like, you know, to help with benefit, yeah the benefit run. run. There we go. And it was to help pay for, you know, your bills and shit like that. But it's like <clears throat> that little group of people, they tried fucking sabotaging absolutely every fucking thing. And it made it like, we were keeping the money for ourselves. It's like, no, you stupid motherfuckers. If anybody knows us, we they know how tight of a family we are. You know, yeah. we're super fucking tight. Oh, yeah. We're all we've always been tight. And I just I just want people to hear your story and hear how you you know like prior to I want you to tell people like how you were prior to riding, and then how it was how you are now after your accident. You know what I'm saying? I want people to know like because you you have changed. You know what I'm saying? And it's not in a bad way. Yeah. It's not in a bad way at all. I've changed actually in a good way. Yeah, because if you think about it, you've gotten fucking, you know, closer with all of us. Because before you could have gave a fuck less. You're out doing your own thing. And now it's like, you know, you're close with 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 your family. You know, you're fucking obviously you were already already close with your kids before, but you're you're like even closer now because of you know you almost died. And then not just that, you've gotten closer to God. You know and. Like people don't understand like the shit that like how how strong of a person you have to be to fucking get past all of the 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 things, the obstacles. Yeah, negativity and you have obstacles constantly thrown at you. Yeah. So it's like you know, people I the thing that I hated was people always doubting you and then hearing like people saying that oh he's retarded and he's this, he's that, and he's the other, he's slow. And I'm like, I would hear that from people and people would tell me like Oh, that's what I heard from so-and-so. I'm like, so-and-so wouldn't even fucking know this because they're not around. But they would make sure they stayed talking shit and stayed running their mouths. You know? So I want you to tell us how, you know, you were prior to the fucking accident and and how you are now, you know? Like, because I want people to know, like, you know, you got to... It's a story. This is a story, man. Like, and it's just it's a good story because it ended in a good way and it's not even over with yet because you're still getting better and better and better as the days go on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, how I was before my accident, I hung out a lot. I had my kids one week on one week off. So yes, I would go drinking, but not every day during the weeks I didn't have them. I always had bonfires and cookouts with them. And yeah, we'd have bonfires and we had speakers that would blast and we played with dance. And then after my accident, I, my life got taken away from me. And how? It was mentally. It wasn't physically, it was mentally. Because three days after I got out of the hospital, you know this, my kids got taken away from me. Their moms took me to court and took my custody away and they had full custody. And I only seen my kids once or twice a month. So me, because I wasn't stable enough to take care of them, which I was back, but I wasn't to how I was or how I am now. I would talk to you, but I wouldn't look you in the eyes or in the face. I would talk to you and look to the opposite direction where your body was. So me, I fought for my kids and I will continue to fight for my kids till the day I die. Till it's my last time on earth. Yeah. And I got my custody back and I see my kids and I'm happy about that. Yeah. And I mean, I I know like, it just, that was the shittiest part right there. It's like, you know, other than the accident itself was, you know, you're three days out of the fucking hospital and you get served with fucking papers to go to court for custody of your children, you know? And that's, that's super, <clears throat> it's super selfish for people to do that, you know, especially when, you know, that's all you had have are your kids, you know, and that's what motivates you to get better and get better and get better. Yep. Just like. <clears throat> The doctors that know all about traumatic brain injury told my mom and my granny 
that I have to live my life how I was before my accident because then I will start to get better but I didn't get to live my life how I was before my accident because when I got out of the hospital my life got taken away from me both of them both my lives yeah. and seeing my kids once or twice a month not even for maybe two hours it tore me up inside yeah and that's and honestly, I'm going to tell you guys now, I, it made me lose faith. But God blesses me every day to wake up and to see everybody I love. Yeah. And because of God, he answered prayers. All the prayers about for me got answered. Yep. And I thank him every morning I wake up. No, for sure. <clears throat> for sure. I mean, it's just... It really is. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a blessing, you know, like our family like is blessed for sure because a lot of people have heard of my like first or second, or I don't know what, what, which podcast or which episode it was. Um, but it, uh, like I, I've talked about mom and granny getting beat with a baseball bat, you know what I'm saying? And they, mom was pregnant with you. So you've, yeah. you've, you know, you've beat the odds more than once, you know? Uh, and you, three times. yeah and mom and granny also you know have had brain injuries you know granny had like 200 fucking stitches in her head and mom you know mom's had you know stitches in her like the front of her head where she got hit with a baseball bat and everything like all you guys defied the odds you know you guys beat the odds and proved how strong we were as a family you know and just like you were a baby and and uh i remember hearing stories in like uh i don't remember who it was i think it was yeah, it was Aunt Connie. The doctors asked Aunt Connie, who should we save? Should we save her or save the baby? And, you know, mom was still young at the time. They said, save her. She can have another child down the road. But thank God a doctor came in from Butterworth, saved both of you guys. So it's like, <clears throat> we truly, truly are like, we're blessed and God's always had our backs. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, just the <sighs> my faith in general, like, it didn't, I, I, it got tested, but I didn't, I didn't lose faith when you were in the hospital. Like I prayed every day, day and night. I prayed, I was constantly praying con like every morning I would wake up and I'd read scripture and I would like get signs. Like everything is going to be okay. You know? And like, <clears throat> and, and like people, people like now, like we're, we're older and shit. And we still argue, you know what I'm saying? We've gone through our bullshit and like, we, we still get past it and stuff like that. And like we're still close and it's just, it, it's definitely, I definitely would have been fucked up for sure for a long time if I would have lost you, you know, just like, just like when dad passed away and you know, when dad passed away, that fucked me up. Like I started drinking every night. I was drinking every night. I was drinking like towards when I finally realized that I had a problem with drinking, I was drinking like damn near a half gallon of fucking whiskey a, a fucking night almost. Yeah. Yeah. When dad passed away, <clears> and like, I drank quite a bit. Yeah. And we were, we were both, you know, we were both, you know, when you didn't have your kids, we were both being reckless. So it's like, we lost him. And it wasn't even, even for you though, it wasn't like shortly after, like shortly after dad passed away. You ended up getting divorced, you know? Yeah. So it's like <clears throat> we were going through this this fucking tragic thing. And then you went through another tragic thing. And then I got clean and sober. And then your accident happened. And I didn't even like honestly, I it triggered my PTSD. I didn't know how to how to handle anything. I didn't know how to handle stress. I didn't know how to handle like anything. It it really broke me down mentally. Like it really, really did. It broke me down mentally. And I'm like, fuck what? I don't know what to do, how to react, how to do this, how to do that. It was just, it was a super, super stressful time. And I honestly, it, it, it's, I mean, my divorce was my fault, right? So my divorce was my fault and everything like that. But the thing is, this is, um, <clears throat> I didn't know how to react, you know? So it was like, it wasn't even me, that guy that was married, wasn't even me. So I got divorced, whatever. And I moved back in and I remember you were so like, you were so like fucking positive about it. You know what I'm saying? Like when I moved back in, 
you know, into the house and you were so like uplifting and positive about it. You're like, Hey, you know, keep your head up. You know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, if it's not, then, you know, it's a learning process and shit. That was like shit you would say to me in the daytime, you know? Still do. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. And you still do. You're still there for me. You know what I'm saying? You were, you were there for me when my, my most recent breakup and, and everything you've been there for me, you know, and I've tried to be there for you and everything like that. And like, <clears throat> I, I, I really hate the fact that, that, um, that, you know, it's like, we got to go through all these negative ass things or bad things that have to happen to us in order for us to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know? Yeah. Like me, I honestly, I could have died three times in life. Once my mom was pregnant and then again, went to Mona Shores. I had my spleen ruptured and I was bleeding on the inside. And then a Catholic priest came and prayed over me and asked me if I believed in Jesus. And I said, yes. He said, now lift up your bed and walk. Yep. Yep. I remember that. Yep. Cause I remember, I remember when that happened, you know, we were both young. We were both super young and, um, like we were both young and you were in what, what grade were you in? Were you in like third grade? Yeah, you were in like third or fourth grade. Yeah, yep. You were in you were in in fourth grade for sure because I was in middle school. I was in sixth grade when that happened, and I remember, I remember mom picking me up from school, and we went over to Aunt Connie's house and we were driving on the trampoline. But you kept telling mom you didn't feel good, and then she noticed that you were white as a ghost, and you know it was just that was another scary thing because you could have died then too. You know, and yeah, didn't even know. I remember. Yeah, and I remember, I remember staying in the hospital with you, and like, remember they would bring us like that, um, like the old school PlayStation with the, like an old school box TV on a, like a roller. Yeah. <clears throat> and like, you know, it's like as soon as that priest came in and asked you those questions, nobody even knew where the priest came from. You know, no one knew. Mom so, has every one of her Catholic friends, family, and friends, and nobody knew. Yeah, and it was, it was it was crazy, and it was like <clears throat> we've we've you know, like I said, I we're we're definitely blessed for sure, and just the accident and shit, you know what I'm saying? Like it really fucked us all up, you know, because there was there was people fucking involved that shouldn't have been involved. Like I mean, like your ex girlfriend. I'm not gonna mention her name on my fucking podcast because she doesn't even fucking deserve it, but. <clears throat> she fucking was worthless. You know, I'm going to tell this story. So my brother was laying in a hospital bed on, on in ICU. He was on life support. He ended up getting a, um, he ended up fucking having a fever. It was a really high fever. And my grandma, who at the time was 70, 71 years old, she was 71 years old. And my mother and my grandmother are trying to fan my brother down, put wet washcloths on, cold wet washcloths on him, everything to bring down his temperature. And this chick, she fucking didn't even, she didn't have like a hard, strenuous job. She worked at a fucking desk. And my granny said, so-and-so, can you help with David? Can you help cool him down? And she goes, I worked all day. Like for someone to say that, especially for the person that they quote unquote unlove or the quote unquote they love is their best friend and the person they want to spend their life with. You're really going to fucking sit there and do that shit. That's that makes you a worthless ass human being in my eyes. You know what I'm saying? And that's what happened, you know? And then my mom come to me and said, what should I do? And I said, she don't need to come back up to the hospital anymore. And you wouldn't know that. I mean, but you've heard us tell you that, but that's what it was. Yeah. You know, the shady shit that she did to you. And then, you know, yeah and i mean that's yeah but just like her fucking doing the things that she did and it just drives you know it drives you crazy you know what i'm saying uh but me i'm happy how everything did go out and change my life. I did a 360. Yeah. No, you did a 180. You didn't and do a three. Now. You didn't do a 360. You did a, oh, you did a 180, bro. You went I did a 180. Yeah. yeah. 360, you know, that's, that's around, you know, a full, full circle, but you yeah. did a 180, a half circle. And I, honestly, yeah, you know, 
it changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't drink. I haven't drank in three years. Yeah. And it's like, it changed your life for the better. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Because now I am engaged to the love of my life. Yeah. And she accepts me for my traumatic brain injury and my flaws. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a huge thing. And like, she's been a blessing to you. Yeah, you know, she is my blessing. No, she is for sure. She's a blessing to you, and you know, yeah, like, she and she, and my yeah, kids, she treats your kids phenomenal. My, yeah, she's she's a great person. All of us, she's a blessing too. Yeah, yes. and I mean that just <clears throat> that just like I mean, it's huge. You know, especially when when people go through something like that, people aren't willing to accept. You know, especially when you go through an injury and have a brain injury, and you're and honestly, you're still in recovery after you have a brain injury. You're still in recovery for the rest of your life. Yeah, you'll never. <clears throat> completely 100% recovered. Yeah. And you'll get damn near close to it like you have, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's not a full recovery thing. You still have to have to do things. You still have to work on your vision. You still have to work on, you know, your your talking. You have to work on your memory and just shit like that, you know what I'm saying? Me, yeah. I if anybody wants to know, I think I'm like 75%. I I would say more than that, honestly. Honestly, because I got videos of you from a year ago. Or you don't even look like the same person. I got pictures from you from a year ago where you don't even look like the same person. You know what I'm saying? Like videos of you dancing back then. And just so you guys know, David loves to dance. He's always been a dancer. I've never <laughs> been the dancer in the family that's been this guy. But you've been the singer, though. Yeah, I've been. I've been a drawer. I've been. Yeah, I've been artistic. <clears throat> but I can just dance. I can't sing. <laughs> I just want to sit top pokers in your ears. <laughs> but yeah, you know, like. I don't know. It's just, just looking at picture. I, I was just talking to granny about this the other day about, you know, how much you've changed and how far you've come because I'm like, damn, I ran across a video of you from a year ago. And where were we? We're at Randy's house. He had a cookout or something or something was, it was at Randy's house for something. I think it was a cookout or something we were over there for. And you were doing like, um, the soldier boy dance and shit like that. And just looking at that David to this David now, like you, you can tell a difference in your speech and your, and your everything, how you walk, how you talk, everything. Cause you're continuously like growing and learning and, you know, bettering yourself. And I know there's a lot of people out there with traumatic brain injuries and with brain injuries that are probably down about, you know, about the whole situation or down about how they feel and, and stuff like that. And I mean, what would you tell them not to give up? Well, I mean, what would you say to people that are battling a brain injury right now that are going through the recovery process? how i did it you guys you want me to really say how i did it i had to brain fuck myself i had to fuck my brain i had to trick myself enough to keep going to continue keep going so i tell everybody i brain i'd had to brain fuck my brain brain fuck myself yeah and then i mean you would not to give up yeah not to give up and i mean and honestly, they need to surround themselves with supportive people. Yeah, you can't you can't associate with negative people. You got to have positive people in your life, people that love you and want to see you succeed, and don't try to put you down or anything. And they're just there by your side. Mainly, people. I lost acquaintances. I didn't have friends. I lost acquaintances. No, and I agree. My fa- my family are my best friends. I don't have friends. I got my family that have been there by my side since day one. Yep. And and that's just, that's just what it is. Is like all those people, man, all those fucking people that like act like they were your friends. And like, there was sometimes like I would hear the dude that caused your accident. He was up at the hospital for a couple days for like three, three or four days. And like, he was acting like you were, you and him were best friends. And like, he acted like he knew everything about you. And I'm thinking in my head, like, motherfucker, you just started hanging out with him three months ago. And that's what it was. Legitimately, you hung out with those dudes for the summertime. Like, that's when you started hanging out with them was during the summertime. And then you got in your accident. I only hung out with them trashy, scrubby dudes. Well, I'm saying. was For somebody to, for somebody <clears throat> to ride with. Because I didn't like riding by myself. I wanted to have people to ride with. So I associated <clears throat> with them. And honestly, I never thought I'd associate with people that stunk. Didn't brush their teeth, use deodorant or anything, or shower. Plain and simple, shower. Come on now, use some fucking bar soap and some shampoo, and wash that fucking ass. <laughs> but yeah, and and that's just, 
I mean, you know, we can go on all night talking about that, but I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to waste this episode on those people. Yeah. No, because it associate yourself with positive people. If you get into an accident and your brain is like a filing cabinet, once it's knocked over, all the files go everywhere. That's basically how your brain was. That's how my brain was. Yeah. And you got to put all the files back in, in order. Yeah. And that's what, and, and sometimes you relive the past. Yeah. And I, and I remember, I still remember that vividly. I was like, like talking to you and you told us you couldn't see. I asked you, I said, David, can you see me? And you said, no. So then, you know, you start talking and it's like, you were talking about shit when we were at like nightclubs that were closed and all this other shit. And like us about, about like when we were doing, when we fought in MMA, yeah. you know, you were bringing up like, and the only bad thing is, yeah, you have different modes during traumatic brain DO. You can have happy, you can be happy-go-lucky, or you can just be pissed off and negative, which, that's not good. Like, it's multiple things it could be. Right. And Fatigued, tired all the time. And that, that was you and, like, sleeping more. and that was you in the beginning, because you used to go to bed at, like, 7 o'clock. Like, I remember it. Yep. Like, two years ago, when you first got out of the hospital and stuff like that, and you were still recovering, and, you know, you are going to your therapies, you were going to bed at fucking... <laughs> like early as fuck, like seven o'clock and you was out until like six in the morning the next day. Yeah. And it was just, like I said, in the beginning it was super sad. It was like, damn, like I'm going to lose my best friend. Like that's how I felt. Like I, I, I just cried and prayed and I didn't know what to think, what to feel or anything. You know, I didn't, I didn't know anything. And the thing I didn't like is like, they always had these like, when we were in the ICU, they always had these people that worked for the hospital come up to us and like try to discuss with us, you know, what to do and when to let go of a person. And I remember I fucking freaked out. I was like, you know what? Just get the fuck out of here. Like, why are you here? Like, <laughs> we've been through enough. We're not trying to hear this shit about losing a loved one, you know? Yeah. And that, and that's, that to me was like what they were trying to do. And I'm like, ugh, this is not fucking, this is not what it's supposed to do. Like, this is not how it's supposed to be. This is not, not going to be the outcome. None of this shit. And you sleep a lot with traumatic brain injury because sleeping helps heal your brain. Yeah, it helps recover. And and honestly, a lot of people don't understand this, but if you're into like fitness, into bodybuilding, powerlifting, whatever, like for for healing for your of your muscles and growth of your muscles and stuff like that, which your brain is a muscle. Your brain is your biggest muscle in your body. And you have to sleep for in order for them to grow and in order for them to recover. And that's same thing with you know your brain. So, I mean, we, you've come a long way, you know, it's, and you're still gradually growing, you know, and like, I've noticed things, you know, just everything else. So it just, it was definitely a tough time. And like me, you know, going, going through that as an older brother, it, I would definitely tell people like not, not people that are going through the injury, but people that are around the person to show the person like support show them support. You have to stay strong for that individual, no matter how, how hard it is inside for you to fucking, you know, you're going to have mixed emotions about everything, especially when you're dealing with, with a brain injury. There's been, you know, it's like, fuck, what, what do I, what do I want to do? How do I want, how should I feel? Like, I don't know how I should feel today. You know, it's like, it, it really is. It's mentally wearing on other people around too. And that's the thing is like, you got to stay positive. You got to, you know, stay supportive and you have to push that person because they're people with a brain injury. They're going to want to quit because they're not going to want to continue therapy because it it just gets old. They're doing the same thing over and over to help, you know, start their brain up to help fucking them learn how to walk, talk and eat and every, and take a shit and take a shower, you know, by themselves, you know, get dressed. Yeah. Yeah, Get dressed, everything, everything. And it's just, uh, you're, you're a miracle. You were a miracle as a baby and you're a miracle now still, you know? And, and honestly, God has a reason for you to be here on this earth. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a blessing for sure. <clears throat> but, uh, do you got anything else you want to, you want to tell the listeners? Just be careful. Yeah. Don't live reckless life. 
Yeah. I mean, that's truth. Yeah, surround yourself by positive people, no negative, because then your life goes downhill. Right. And once, and anybody that decides to get their endorsement to ride a motorcycle, be careful. Let somebody teach you, because all these accidents going on now with cars getting hit and motorcyclists and drinking and riding, that's not smart. That is reckless right there. You want to ride, pick somebody that's been riding the longest out of anybody you know and ride with them and they will show you the ropes. Me, first time I rode was my dad, uh, my dad's bike, Jixer 1000. And then I bought my own. Right. <clears throat> it's a Triumph 750. Then I bought a uh, Suzuki Jixer 750. Then after that 750, I got the Jixer 1000. That's the bike I crashed. Yeah. And I actually, after your accident, the uh, the people that you're riding with thought they were going to store that at their house. And then I had uh, Josh, Josh go pick the bike up and put it at his mom's house. And then when I was, when I moved out, you know, into the house with, you know, my ex-wife now, uh, <clears throat> I moved out and had the, the bike at my house. I remember picking that up and putting it on the trailer. And just tapping that front fucking brake, and it was so fucking touchy, man. Like you could barely touch it, and the fucking whole front front wheel locked up. And it was just, it was like, it was like holy shit. Like when you when you know you tap that brake, it's like you gotta be fucking kidding me. And that's also another thing is watch who you have work on your motorcycle or vehicle. Period. Because the guy that fixed my brakes on my bike didn't collaborate him right, and if he would have. I would have still, I would have been fine. Right. Right. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. You got to watch, everybody's got to watch out for everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's like, damn, man. Like, I don't know. You got to be careful for people you're riding with, people who are working on your shit and everything. And motorists to four wheels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing too is like, because they're always, yeah, no, I agree. Texting and driving. Yeah, and I and you see it on a daily basis with kids out there, especially younger like teenagers and shit like that, or even kids that are even like out of their teenagers and they're in their early twenties, constantly texting and driving. Like you have to be aware of of your surroundings on the road, and not not just for like for other cars, but you got to watch out for motorcyclists. You got to watch for kids, kids on bicycles, adults on bicycles, everything. Yep. Just like me, everybody asks. Can you still ride? Do you know how to ride? Yes. I actually rode, but it was in a trailer park. I rode my mom's motorcycle. But me, I was scared to hit the front brake to slow down to what happened. Yeah. And I mean, that's... But I was only going five miles an hour because it was inside the trailer park. But yes, I do know how to ride. So will I ever ride? No. I promise my kids, and I stick to my promises. I don't break them. I try not to break them, but my kids and my, basically my family, I won't break a promise. God put, left me on earth for a reason. I'm here, and I'm here to prove everybody that God is real. Prayers are real. Real. Blah, real. <laughs> prayers do get answered. They do, and they definitely do. You just have to be patient, and you have to continue the prayers. Yep. And that's, that's what a lot of people don't understand is like, you got to continue your praying and continue with your faith, no matter the situation, no matter how hard the situation is. Yep. And my accident brought me closer to God. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's just, it's just, uh, you know, it's a shame that all this shit had to have happened to bring us all closer to God. But at the same time, it all brought us closer as a family. Yes. Even though we all might bump heads with each other, but we're still fucking got each other's yeah. backs. We're still fucking assholes. Right, and that's the truth. And like, we'll always have each other's back, regardless of any situation, regardless of any argument. Just like before your accident, like I remember there was one time we were we were arguing, and you needed my help, and I was right there to help you. You know. Yep. So, and that and that's just what it is, and that's how it's going to continue to be. So that's how close we are as a family and nobody else understands that because you don't have a lot of families like ours like 
families. They fight, and oh, I'm not talking to them for years down the road. They still ain't talking to that family. But you know, something tragic happens to that family. They're gonna be the first ones there crying. Yeah. No, you want to stay close no matter the outcome, no matter what the situation is. Stay close to your family. And I agree. I agree. That's that's the truth because you don't know tomorrow's not promised for anybody. Never. So tomorrow's not promised. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And, you know, if you're arguing with your parents, with a sibling, with, with any relative, brother, sister, mother, cousin, whatever, make it right with them. You know, that's, and that's how I feel. <clears throat> Excuse you, you nasty fuck. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, I was drinking Pepsi. right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's just, honestly, for me, it's just to tell people, you know, you know, be safe on, if you're riding a bike, be safe and watch your surroundings in a car get off your fucking phone, stay off your phone. And you know, for families that are arguing, get close, get back close with your families because tomorrow's not promised to anybody, you know, and that's just what it is. Tomorrow's not, not promised. If, if you're, if you wake up tomorrow, then, you know, God was looking out for you and he was, you're, you're here for another day. So you better thank him in the morning. So, I mean, I don't have any more, any more questions for you. So if you got anything else to say, I mean, you can say it right now and then we can end the show. Yeah, well, like I said, I lost people I thought were friends. And you'll know, you might say, oh, yeah, they're my best friend. They're my best friend. Well, wait to see if something tragic happens to you and see if they're by your side. Right. No, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, I'm going to end the show out on that. Everybody, stay safe. If you're... Up north or down south, I don't know where you're from, but it's getting nice here in Michigan because that's where we're from. We're some Michigan boys. Um, Make sure you mask up, wash your hands, sanitize, whatever. I'm fucking over this COVID bullshit. I can't wait to not wear a mask. So you guys stay blessed. Thank you for tuning in to this special, special, special episode of Strictly Leakage because I got to have my little brother on here to tell a story about traumatic brain injury. Mask up and strap up. (laughs) What do you say? Mask up and strap up. Mask up and strap up. <laughs> Mask up and strap up. So you guys, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you guys show support for brain injuries because this is National Brain Injury Month, marches. So make sure you guys just, you know, stay positive. If you know somebody that's suffering from a brain injury, support that person. Show them, you know, that you're there for them and continue to be there for them no matter how hard it gets. Because um, in the long run, you're all they got and they're all you got. So you guys stay blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Strictly Leakage tonight.